bless you once again. Alibra Shekete Baba. Lord, we bless you, we bless you, we bless you. We give you all the glory, we give you all the honor, we give you all the adoration. Jekete Baba, we glorify you, we give you all the praise, we give you all the honor. Lord, we say receive all the praise in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you because you are faithful. We thank you because you are good. We thank you because you are nice. Father, we glorify you all in the name of Jesus. We glorify you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Tonight, we ask that you join us in the meeting tonight and that tonight you speak to our hearts and you help us become all that you wish us to become in you in the name of jesus thank you jesus thank you jesus thank you jesus thank you jesus lord we bless you we bless you we bless you thank you jesus thank you jesus lord we glorify you we glorify you we give you all the praise receive all the glory receive all the honor in the name of jesus we bless you we bless you we bless you we give you all the praise we give you all the honor we give you all the adoration Lord, we worship you, we worship you. We see all the praise. Lord, we worship you. We give you all the praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus. Mighty name of worship. Amen. Yeah, tonight, by the Spirit of God and by the Spirit of grace, we will be looking tonight at a particularly important uh, message, mobile altars. Mobile altars. I'm trusting that the Spirit of God is going to encounter lives tonight and going to prepare us that we may become uh, people that God will use even for his purposes. Tonight, God would like to encounter us tonight, you know, through a very powerful um, message, uh, mobile altars, mobile altars. I want us to just quickly uh, read into the scripture and uh, see what God would have for us in the scriptures. So open to the book of um, First Kings, First Kings chapter eighteen. First Kings chapter eighteen. Ojekete brazo ekeria ba 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 ba. First Kings eighteen. Ezokoria bo shekete braka da ba 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 ba. Azalugede bo shekete ba ba ba. Ozatekete po shekete ba ba. From verses uh, twenty. First Kings 18 from verses 20. Okay. Now, this is in uh, First Kings chapter 18. This is the story of Elijah and the contest with the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel. Now, Bible says, 
um, okay, the Bible says, and so Ahab sent unto all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together unto Mount Carmel. Now this is the beginning. Now verse 21, and Elijah came unto all the people and said, how long ought ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if bad, then follow him. And the people answered him, not a word, not a word. Then said Elijah unto the people, I, even I only, remain a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are 450 men. Let them therefore give us two bullocks, and let them choose one bullock for themselves, and cut it in pieces, and lay it on wood, and put no fire under. And I will dress the other bullock, and lay it on wood, and put no fire under. And call thee on the name of your gods, and I will call on the name of the Lord, and the God that answered by fire, let in God. And all the people answered and said, it is well spoken. So this is where the, the, the contest at, uh, between God and the prophets of the, the God of the Ambal and the other gods, you know, happened at Mount Carmel. This is the place where it happened. And you can see, this is Elijah calling the people together. Is Elijah calling the people together and saying that uh, um, he wants the people to be gathered together, the prophets to come together, everybody to come together. And he spoke to the people, you know, how long will you people be saying that you are worshipping Baal at the same time, you know, worshipping God is not, you know, you have to choose one. So let's choose which one is the real God, which one is the true God. And this is where the contest began. This is the contest that many of us have known on Mount Carmel. And this, um, Elijah called them, let them put, uh, let them put a, uh, let them, you know, set up two altars and then let them put um, bullocks, cows, you know, one of tattoo, one on this side and one on his own side, you know. So the side of the prophet of Baal, you know, they, they have set it, they have put it on his own too. And then they said, whoever, you know, calls upon the name of the Lord, let the Lord now be the one to send fire. Let the one, let the Lord be the one to send fire. Now let me read further. Now I want to go further. Now when you begin to go further, let me go to verse uh, 27. Now this is the result of them crying. Now, they said uh, the, the prophets of Baal, in their own attempt to see their gods, their, their idols, see the fire, you know, fall down, you know, and come upon the altar. I came to pass that noon that Elijah mocked them and said, cry aloud, for he is a god. Either he is talking or he is pursuing, or he is in a journey, or peradventure is sleeping and must be awake. You see, Elijah was mocking them because they kept calling upon their god, you know, throughout the morning, throughout the uh, afternoon, and their God did not answer. Because of course, their God is not a true God. All those idols are idols, they are just good. It is demons that are behind those things. You know, and they called, 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 but they did not answer. And then, look at verse 28, and they cried aloud, put themselves after their manner, with knives and lances, till the blood gushed out upon them. And it came to pass, 
when midday was passed and they prophesied, you see, they can prophesy. You see, they prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that there was neither voice nor uh, nor any to answer, nor any that regarded. So they kept crying, they kept calling, and nobody listened, nobody answered their call. Nobody answered their call. There was no response. They looked at verse 13. He said, and Elijah said unto the people, after they are true with their own, when it was time for Elijah, he gave them time from the morning to the afternoon, enough time to prove, and then nothing happened. Then verse 30, Elijah gathered the people to himself. Elijah said unto the people, come here unto me. And all the people gathered together. And all the people came near unto him. And he repaired, see the first thing he did, he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. He repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. He repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. Verse 31, and Elijah took 12 stones, according to the member or number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, unto whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be thy name. And with that, with the stones, he built an altar in the name of the Lord. And he trench about the altar as great as would contain two measures of seed. And he put wood in order and cut the bullet in pieces and laid them on the wood and said, fill four barrels with water and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. He did it a second time and he did it a second time. And he said, do it the third time and they did it the third time. And the water ran about the altar and he filled the trench also with water. And he came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came here and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel and that I am thy servant and that I have done all these things at thy word. Verse 37, hear me, O Lord, hear me, that these people may know that thou art the Lord God and that thou hast done their act back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, the Lord is the God, the Lord is the God. So you see here in this particular place, Elijah repaired the altar. And you see what did God do through Elijah? You know, after they repaired the altar, you know, Elijah began to pour water inside the trenches, the dog trenches around to pour water there, you know, they, they put wood there, they put, you know, bricks there, the stones there, just to make sure that at least if this fire coming, a normal fire, you know, the, the water around there would have quenched it. You know, the, the, the bricks around the, the altar would have at least stopped the fire from burning. But so that you, you can be sure that this is God, it can be sure that it is God that is going to manifest himself. You see that, ah, uh, he poured water, he poured everything. And when the fire of God came down upon that altar, the altar that he repaired, what did you find? You found out that what? That automatically, you know, the, the fire came and burnt everything, consumed everything, burnt up everything. So I want us to see tonight that when we talk about altars, we are talking about a, a place, an altar is a place where God comes down you know, to manifest himself. 
is a place where God do a altar is a connection point between the physical realm and the spiritual realm. When you want to see uh, the manifestation of the spiritual at will, at will, you know, where do you go to? You go to an altar. It's the point of connection between the physical and the spiritual. It is where the spiritual is able to manifest itself. This is the place where God was able to demonstrate himself in Israel. This was the place where, as you can see on the Mount Carmel, where the fire of the Lord came down and the Lord was able to demonstrate his full strength, his power, and his glory. And that is what altars are. It is where God is able to come down and visit his people and demonstrate himself, manifest himself, reveal his power and his glory. That is what an altar is. Even even in the in, in, in the in the negative world, in the realm of the spirits, in the, 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 the realm of darkness, you know, we, we they talk they have altars and priests that minister at those altars where they can call upon their gods, just like the prophets of Baal try to do, and then their gods will answer them, and from there they begin to divine and control the lives of people. It is from that place, that base place, that they are able to do all that they are doing, that they are able to 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 to, to, to um affects the lives of people, affect the lives of men, affect the lives of, 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 of villages, of, of regions, of cities from that same altar. So the altar, by definition, is that connection point between the realm of the physical and spiritual point, you know, that causes there to be a revelation of the, the, the power, the glory and the manifestation of whatever power, whatever spirit or demon, you know, from the spirit realm, you know, to manifest in the physical realm, that is in the, in, the, in, the, in the negative sense. In the spiritual sense, to allow God, to allow the spiritual to manifest in the physical, that's the definition of an altar. Anything, any, anything that serves as a connecting point, to allow the spiritual manifest in the physical is an altar. And that's why an altar can be, um, can be usually in the kingdom of darkness, an altar can be set up as a place, a connecting point. You know, some you see, they, 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 sometimes it's uh, you, uh, when you watch films, you see them, uh, whether in uh, India, in Asia, in, uh, they set up one particular spot. You know, maybe it can be one one god, one wooden or stone god, and then they, they put whatever offerings there and they like believing that they are talking to a god. And from there, the god or whatever, you know, comes to manifest itself speaks or does whatever I want to do, whether it is demons that are speaking there or not. But that is the connecting point. Even in the, uh, 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 that's an altar in the negative sense. Sometimes altars can even be uh, materials, demonic materials, you know, in the house, a picture that is demonic. And because that, that altar, that uh, picture is in that house, you know, the kingdom of darkness can use that um, picture or that the demonic thing to begin to, to, to provoke havoc in that house. We've heard of things like that. Sometimes the altars can even be iron, uh, uh, cockroaches, um, uh, animals, demonic animals. You know, many of us believe that uh, cats in, in Africa, we believe that cats, you know, are, are altars because, you know, when they come into the house, they become eyes and ears for the spirit realm, for the powers of darkness and the lights. You know, sometimes the people even believe that there are evil beds that can become altars for the powers of darkness. So altars, you know, can be a place, can be a thing, can even be a person, can be something set up. 
All that can be something set up. Now I want us to see again. You know, uh, in the in the in the in the in the, in the, in the uh, positive sense now in the church too. You see that in the church, the church is a is a, is, a, is a form of corporate altar. It's a public altar. You know, and that's why sometimes we have you know a physical altar set in front where the pastor speaks. It is believed that whatever is happening there, that is why choir go there to minister. That is why uh, pastors preach from that particular spot because it is believed that God is able to permeate through these people using the pastor, using the choir director, using the uh, and the, the, the drama directors and everyone to be able to minister. We believe that there is an interference from the realm of the of the spirit into the realm of the physical through that altar. So that's why the altar is usually uh, 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 unhallowed in the church. You know, sometimes it is even raised above the congregation because we believe that it's a special place. At other times, an altar can can be a person. Even before, let me, before I talk about a person, there are times that there are altars that can be a particular place. Sometimes we have, uh, we talk about um, uh, uh, a particular place, like Isaac or Shostet, or, or one particular place where uh, Ayo, uh, Babadola, Apostle Babadola in Nigeria prayed on this water. He prayed on this water and for healing. And we are told that even to date, the water in that place, people that go there receive their healing, you know, when they drink from that water till date. That is an altar. It's a place where the spiritual is able to break forth, break through into the physical and demonstrate itself, demonstrate itself, manifest itself, reveal itself. There are places like that on earth, you know. In the Bible, there is a place like that, you know, where Jacob slept. Though his head, he put his head on, uh, the place was called Loss, you know, and, and later it was called Bethel. Where Jacob put his head against the stone, and then as he drinks, there was a ladder from heaven. There was a ladder from heaven. He saw in his dream, seeing angels going forth and down, you know, and you know, he was able to have direct contact with the throne of God. And you know what he said when he woke up? He said, No, this place is the house of God. So there are places that can be the house of God, they can be portals. There are places when the people that live in that play house, even when nobody is there, that house, because the person prays every day, you know, sanitizes the place every day, spiritual, you know, reads the word every day and the likes. You know, so that place becomes a portal for encounters. When people come into that particular house, you know, the power and presence of God encounter them. Why? Because they entered into that place. You know, so places can become a place of encounter. That's the reason why, you know, sometimes when people go to church, you know, you can pray at home, but sometimes you just prefer to go to church. Sometimes you sit at the altar and pray because you feel like that place is a direct connecting point to heaven. So this is what altars are. Now, uh, human beings too can be altars. Human beings too, because one way or the other, aside from the pulpit, sometimes you can be an altar. You can be a, a, a person that can host the presence and the power of God. Sometimes, you know, a pastor can come to a church. Other pastors have been ministering, but this particular pastor just comes around and he begins to minister. And as if other people have not been ministering, 
the atmosphere changes, the presence of God manifests, tangibly manifests, and begins to overshadow everyone. And then in that same atmosphere, the presence of God is so strong, the worship is so strong, the gift of the Spirit breaks forth, the power of God breaks forth, people are beginning to become healed, there are deliverances, you know, a lot of things begin to happen. There are people like that. And you see that those kind of people, even when you invite them and you take them to another location, to another church, to begin to minister, the same thing happens. They are able to reproduce the same thing. They are able to carry and demonstrate the same thing. They are able to show forth the life of God. So it doesn't really matter. It's not about a place now. It is the person now that is an altar. Just like you can have cats, just like you can have witches and wizards that are mobile altars in the negative sense. We have people in the realm of God that can become mobile altars. People that can become mobile altars. Men who can carry the presence and the power of God to demonstrate the excellences of the Spirit of God wherever they are. So God is looking to, tonight to each and every one of us. He looked down from heaven and he's saying that he's looking for a man that is we stand in the gap. A man that he can use for his own purposes. A man that he can use for his own purposes. He said, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. He said, your son and your daughter will prophesy. So the plan of God is that he's looking for people that he can pour his power and his presence upon. And that wherever they are, they can prophesy. Wherever they are, they can see visions. It doesn't really matter where they are. It doesn't really matter whether they are in Abuja or they are in Africa or they are in Asia or they are in America. These people can produce the same quality of results. And he's not talking only about people on the pulpit alone. He's not only talking about people that are going to be on the pulpit alone. No, he's not talking about people that are going to be just, you know, um, sometimes we believe that it's only the pastors. Sometimes we believe that it's only um, uh, those who are called to the fivefold ministry. But the Bible says, I will pour my spirit upon all flesh. He said, your sons and your daughters will prophesy. So it's not only about pastors anymore. This time around, God is looking for people that are going to become mobile altars, people that can carry the presence of God, and He can use them any day, any time. He can wake them up. How be it if you are waking up one day, wherever you are, in your place of work, and they see that somebody is dying, and they say that they need you. You know, they know you as a Christian in your workplace. Of course, in the workplace, everybody is serious. The atmosphere is the atmosphere of war. But do you carry the dimension of God, the capacity of God, the presence of God, such that at that particular point, you can break through the atmosphere of work, the seriousness in the atmosphere, and introduce the divine presence of God? Lay hands on the person that is sick in the office. And bring about a restoration. Do you need a special dimension of preparation? 
Before, before you can come to that spot, that portion, that place where God can use you to bring about a move of God in a place. Are you in the move of God working on two legs? Or, you know, it is only when you come to church that you can carry that ability. God is looking for people, carriers of his presence. So that they carry his presence wherever they are in Africa, Asia. It does not matter because it is this particular person. The presence of God responds. I want us to look at ah, Jesus. In the midst of the people, Jesus healed the sick, he raised it. The Bible said the next accent that here that God so anointed him with the only good and power. He went about doing good. It was a mobile altar. The power of God was moving through him. He moved in miracles, signs, and wonders. He moved in the power. The Bible said that for God was with him. He demonstrated the glory and the power of God. He demonstrated the presence of God. The glory of God was so manifest through him. It did not matter where he was. The same Jesus was on a boat. He was sleeping. And everything was, there was turmoil everywhere. And at a point, the disciples had to go and wake him, wake him up. And they were like, Master, is it that you don't care that we perish? And you know what Jesus said? Jesus just stood up and he spoke to the seas. He said, Peace, be still. A mobile altar, they wake you up from sleep. It's not like you are going to need preparation. No, they woke you up from sleep and you're able to rise up. And bring about change in that atmosphere. So my question tonight is: If you are in your bus, in a bus, for example, in a car, going somewhere, and you just remembered that there is a particular thing you need to hear the voice of God about, there is something you need to know about. Do you need to first of all go back home and be in a special position? Be in secret and begin to pray. Pray for one or two hours or three hours. You know, fast for one week before you're able to hear God. While that is not wrong, while every Christian is encouraged to pray and fast, ask special times. Are you a person that can live both in your quiet time, both in your uh, prayer, uh, your, 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 your private uh, prayer time, and even when you are outside, you have been able to successfully transcend and carry the presence of God from your secret place and bring it into your daily life. When people come around you, can they feel the presence of God? You know, there are people like that, that when you are going from here to there, when in a bus or wherever, you just see this person and you just want to sit around this person. There is a presence, there is a glory that emanates from this particular person. The tangible anointing, the tangible glory. You are going to your workplace. Can you feel the anointing? Can you feel the presence? 
uh, wedding at Cana. He had just started performing any miracles, just came out of the wilderness. The anointing was upon him, the power of God was upon him. The presence and the power of God was upon him. And at that point in time, he was not performing any miracle. He was not preaching, he was not on the pulpit. He just went for that wedding. But the mother of Jesus knew what he carried. The mother, you know, the way our mothers understand us, understand our capacity, you know, because of course, your mothers, they know you. And then when the wine finished at the wedding, they said, go and meet my son. You see, and then when he went to Jesus, Jesus, of course, you know, this is not yet my time, this and that. But then he said, carry, you know, fill all this empty, uh, uh, how do you call it now, you know, uh, jars with water. And then, of course, it's a miracle. You know, I said, okay, take from the water, go and give, you know, the, 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 the rulers of the feast. And they went there. And the rulers drank it, and it was the best wine. Such a miracle. But do you know what the Bible said about Jesus? Let me read it for us. What the Bible said about Jesus when he did that miracle. I want us to understand and see what the Bible said. John chapter 5, verse 35. John chapter 2, sorry. From uh, verse, um, John chapter 2, verse 11. After he did that miracle, see what Jesus said. What was said of him, he said, The beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee and manifested forth his glory, and his disciples believed in him. Do you see that? He manifested forth his glory. So this is the beginning of miracles, and he, uh, and in Cana of Galilee, and he Jesus manifested forth his glory. There is a glory upon your life that needs to manifest. When you carry the presence and the power of God, and you're able to not just carry it in your secret place, but you're able to carry it out of your secret place, such that even at the wedding, they can call you to perform like Jesus, and you're able to manifest your glory even at the wedding. There is a glory that myself and myself carry, just like it was said of John in the book of John, chapter 5, chapter 5. Now, I said, John was a burning and shining light. That is the glory. That is the glory. So tonight, tonight, um, I will just quickly want to uh, go further in the scriptures. I want us to see one or two things. Now, how does this, how do we become mobile carriers? I've been saying that even, you know, repeatedly for a while. How do we become mobile carriers? Number one, you must be able to sustain the presence of God. You must be able to be somebody who can carry the presence of God. You must be somebody who is able to have the presence of God. The first thing you need is that you need your secret place. You need your secret place. You need the secret place. And you need to be able to sustain the presence of God in your secret place. The first question I need to ask is that do you have a secret place? 
do you have a secret place? Because if you do not have a secret place, there is no way you can manifest. There is no way you can um, carry the presence of God. Because the, the, the reference point, the place where you can begin to carry the presence of God and demonstrate it, even before you get to the pulpit, to begin to demonstrate it, or before you get to the business, because it's not everybody that will be doing signs and wonders or healing the sick. Some of us is going to be in our business realm that the anointing of God is going to be manifesting. Some of us is in the marketplace. Some of us is in singing. Some of us is in, it's in different things. But before you can begin to carry the presence of God and demonstrate the presence of God in the sphere that God is sending, in the mountain that God has called you, whether God is calling you to government mountain, before you can get to that point, you need to have a secret place. The question I want to ask you tonight is, how is your prayer life? How is your prayer life? How is your prayer life? Because to have a secret place, you need your time with God. You need your personal altar with God. Because if that your personal altar, that private altar in your secret place, that will begin to birth and cause you to be able to become a mobile altar. How is your prayer life? How is your worship like? Do you just come pray your own and just walk out? Have you not learned the capacity and ability to sustain and manage the presence of God, maintain the presence of God, especially in worship? When you worship that sweet presence, that tangible presence, are you able to carry that presence? Do you still feel because it's an experience. God is a real person. You still feel the, the, the tangible presence of God. Number three, can you sustain that presence? Your ability to worship God and you are so sensitive to the Holy Spirit. That's number four. Sensitive to the Holy Spirit, sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, that you're able to know, you know, what the Holy Spirit is saying part time, when the Holy Spirit is asking you to pray the more, when the Holy Spirit is asking you to worship the more, or sing this song the more in your prayer life, in your quiet time. Because it's until you're able to do this that you can be able to sustain the presence. Without sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, you cannot sustain the presence. So, how is your worship like? Number five, how is your tongues like? If you have been baptized in the Holy Spirit, how is your tongues like? Are you able to pray in the Spirit? Do you do you even pray in the Spirit at all? Because your tongues, aside from worship, is another tool to help you sustain the presence of God. Aside from sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, it's another tool to be able to bring the presence of God in a place and sustain the presence of God. Next, how is your word like? Do you take your time to study the word of God at all? How much of the word of God, you know, is inside of you? The more, if you are somebody who is studious, who stays in the presence of God, you will know that the more of the word of God you study and you meditate upon, 
the more you are able to sustain the presence of God. Meditation is a very powerful key in sustaining the presence of God. Anybody who is reading the word of God, who knows about the word of God, you know that when you are reading the word of God, the presence of God begins to become tangible. So how is your prayer life? How is your worship life? How is your tongues life? How is your word life? How is your meditation life? Are you able to meditate upon the word of God? Or you just quickly read it five minutes in the morning, you know, I've read this particular scripture and go out. You take your time to study the word of God, you know, meditate upon it. What does this scripture mean? What does this verse mean? It's only somebody who has an active sacred place that can carry the presence of God and sustain the presence of God. How is your holiness life? Do you still live in sin? Because when you live in sin, you discover that you kill your, it's as if you are running away from the presence of God. You kill the, 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 the presence of God, the tangibility of the presence of God upon you. So do you run away from sin? Especially when the presence of God, you know, this will begin to beckon. You know, I was speaking about this, about sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. When this spirit begins to, 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 to sensitize in, the, in, your, in your spirit, and begin to tell you, ah, this you are talking too much, or don't say this, or don't go to that place. Do you run away from sin, even at the, the God's beck and call? When you speak, begin to sensitize you, do you obey, do you listen to him? I want us to understand that it is all these things that get us to a particular place, get us to a particular portion, a particular spot, where you are able to sustain the presence. And then you get to a particular point where you are not just sustaining the presence of God, and you are able to carry that presence outside of your quiet time. So have you come to a particular point where you have learned the, the mastery, ability to sustain the presence of God, such that, you know, even when you leave your quiet time and you are talking to your people at home, your brother, your sister, your father, your mother, you are still able to feel the presence. You are able to still tangibly experience the presence. When you walk out and you begin to go to work or do your daily activities, can you still feel the tangibility of the presence? If for any reason, for example, you are not even feeling, maybe the work you are doing, the atmosphere of the presence, maybe people are talking and they like, you are not able to feel that presence. When you need to be able to come back to that presence, and you just knew that in one second, are you able to be able to call back that presence? You need to begin to become sensitive to the key to this uh, ability of sustaining the presence of God is sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. Sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. This is what helps you so that by the time you go out anywhere, in the bus, in your office, even when you are called to minister anywhere, or like Jesus, you are called to a wedding and you are called to perform, you have to quickly get into your spirit and bring out the presence. And like Jesus, you are able to manifest your glory. 
You don't have to say Kalabayeke de Proshikibrabadatsukuriyarwada. You don't have to be praying before the prayers manifest. Can you carry the prayers of God even in the oddest places? Another key to helping you walk in the presence is contact with the anointing and the spirit of God in your pursuit of God, in your work with God. Have you sought him? Have you worked with God to a point where the Holy Spirit is able to pour down his anointing, his glory, his presence, and his power? Pursue the, 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 the infilling of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and even go further than that. Receive the anointing of the Spirit of God upon your life. And carry the tangible presence of God. Everywhere you go. Live a life of worship. Have godly music on your phone. Listen to worship that brings the presence of God. Live in that presence. Be able to tap into that presence at your back and call. And you will become a mobile altar. You will become an altar that can release God at any second. At any second. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The Spirit of God is speaking to me. If there is someone listening to me right now. Your name is um I'm seeing I'm hearing a T. I don't know, Tunde or I think Tunde Calibre Kidabara. And the Spirit of God is asking me to tell you that the work he wants to perform in you is the work of a mobile altar. He makes you a mobile altar. Calibre Kidabara. That wherever you go, you can demonstrate the power and the praise of God. The sick can be healed. Just because you are here. Does your presence in a particular place make a difference? Can you change the atmosphere of a particular place into that of the power and the presence of God in seconds just because you are here? People don't know what to do. They don't know the way to go. But because you have been identified in a particular presence, they know that you are an, an anointing for business ideas. And then they ask you, and at the store of that moment, you are able to tap into the spirit and give them ideas from the spirit of God. You are an educationist. And then you are teaching. And as you are teaching, even in your school, you begin to speak the word of God. Or let me see, you are even just teaching your own teacher. And as you are teaching, the power of God just becomes tangible. And as I hear the, your, your physical explanation, 
Spiritually, something is happening in the realm of the spirit. Something is happening in the realm of the spirit. And they are being touched. And they begin to come to you after your teaching and say, Master, I want to know God more. There is something different about 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 uh, uh, your teaching. Something is just different. And they want to learn about God from you. Can they break it deeper? Can they We were talking and we were like, do you know, you know that, you know, I think we're talking about Jesus and the likes. And I told them that, do you know I've seen Jesus before? And everybody was like, oh, this is not possible, this and that. These are students. You know, another lady there was like saying, ah, you know, one of the students too, me too, I saw Jesus too. And I don't think she was lying. But of course, because you know, she's a student and because of, you know, her own lifestyle too. You know, sometimes you do like a Christian, sometimes you, you know, she was a serious, you know, person, you know, people did not really believe. But then I was not asking the students. I was asking them, so, okay, me that I said that I saw Jesus, I had an encounter with Jesus. You think it's not possible? And they're like, ah, no, 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 Master, if it is you, we believe you. We know, ah, no, no, if you say that you saw Jesus, you, you cannot be lying. We, we know you, we trust you. And from there, you know, easily, by the time I begin to talk about anything God, they listen. They listen. Sometimes you, I use that to begin to inspire them, you know, to want more about God, want more of God. I speak to those I can speak to. I challenge those I can challenge. Why? Because you can be a mobile author. You don't need to be on the pulpit. It's not everybody that will be laying down on the sick and blowing up on people, and people will be falling under the anointing. Can God use you where you are? Can you become a mobile author? So, Bertundi, God is saying that He wants to use you for that particular purpose. He said, I want to raise you up for my own. That you become a vessel of power and of glory. I want to send you to the nations and used you for my own glory. That wherever, wherever you are, the power of God is. That you can become a mobile altar. This is the word of the Lord for you. So tonight, as I end this administration, I want to call out I want to make an altar call. Calibrate the brush, shake the brush, babayaba. Also, calibrate the calabayaba, For anyone here listening to me who has not given his life to Jesus, and you want your life to also become a mobile altar, you want God to use you wherever you are. You want to become a personification, you know, of the presence and the power of God. You want to be able to demonstrate glory. And the power of God, we want to be able to connect the presence of God any second, any time. And you want to become part of the people that can carry this privilege. What God is saying tonight, He said, is that would you give your act to me? Would you come to Him? Would you turn away from your sins? 
Would you turn away from uh, 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 a life that has no direction, a life that is only knowing frustration, a life where you there is nobody to run to, a life where most of the time you realize that you are keeping yourself because you don't you don't even see any significance. And even sometimes when you give yourself goals, you see that you keep struggling and struggling and struggling. But tonight you want to have an encounter with the God of the universe. You want to have an encounter with the God of the universe. You want to have an encounter with the God of the universe and you want him to make your life different. From now on, you want to become a carrier of his glory, a carrier of his presence, a carrier of his person. Tonight, I ask that you call upon his name tonight and ask him to enter your heart. That you give your heart to Jesus. You say this prayer with me, that Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for this opportunity tonight. I thank you for this opportunity tonight. Lord, I want my life too to carry value. Lord, I want to demonstrate your presence and your power. I want to be a mobile altar. Lord, this is me. I surrender my life to you. Take me, Lord. Fill me, Lord. And use me, Lord. I want to be used for your glory. I want to become a mobile altar. I want to be able to demonstrate and manifest your glory wherever I am. Thank you, mighty Jesus. In Jesus' name, I pray. I congratulate you for giving your life to Jesus. I congratulate you for allowing God into your heart tonight. Your life will not remain the same. Your life will not remain the same. If you do not already have a church you are going, I ask that you look for a, a church where the truth of God's word is being preached. Yeah, I, I, I advise that you get a Bible, you know, uh, where you read the Bible for yourself and get close to anybody that you find out that you really, really know God, you know, that you want your life to be like, and, you know, cling to that person. Let that person help you out and establish you in the faith. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we bless you for that. We bless you for the lies that have come to you even through this message. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we pray for others. Lord, we ask that, Lord, you make each and everyone listening to this message mobile altars. Let them become carriers of your presence. Let them be able to carry your presence. Let them be able to carry your presence. Use them for your particular purpose. Use them for your particular purpose, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Use each and every one of us for your particular purpose. Thank you, my dear Father. Glory be to your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We bless God. We bless God for everyone that um, is available tonight. Um, I trust that God has been able to speak to our hearts. 
May we all become mobile as for the sake of his kingdom in the name of Jesus. Lord, we ask that our lives may not remain the same. Lord, bless us, bless that everyone that is uh, listening to this uh, message and this podcast in the name of Jesus. Take us even further and further, Lord God, into the things of your kingdom. Thank you, mighty Jesus. Bless you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good night, everyone of us. And God bless us all in Jesus' name. Amen. Hello, <laughs>